0: is a subject which comes up often in folklore, and which we have discussed in many ways as part of previous episodes. But the other end of the timeline, pregnancy and birth, does not come up anywhere near as frequently. There is perhaps an inherent morbid curiosity in funerary practices, the afterlife, the mechanics of death and so on. We are more naturally drawn to the darker subjects, the forbidden knowledge. Today on the Folklore Podcast, we attempt to redress the balance and look more towards the start of life. Joining me to do this is Gemma Nichols, a mum of three children, an antenatal teacher and doula. For those who don't know the term, a doula is a trained companion who, although not a medical expert, supports others through experiences such as childbirth and its associated problems. Gemma has recently decided to combine her lifelong interest in the supernatural and traditional beliefs with her other work, and present a new workshop entitled Charms and Childbirth, alongside her more standard birth services. I caught up with Gemma recently at a weekend charity convention for sci-fi and gaming fans – yes, that does include me – to discuss the subject. So let's start by talking a little bit about your interests in folklore, which areas mm. of folklore you're interested in and how that came about.
1: Oh well, so I've always been interested in witchcraft and all those things. Um since I was a you know a teenager and 13, and you go into WH Smith's and you find that tiny little spell book on the thing, and you <laughs> go, ooh, this is ever so fun. Um And I'm a bit of an interest butterfly. So I kind of find it really hard not to find things interesting. But that means I kind of like flitter around a bit and I go, oh, that's really interesting. And then that's really interesting. But witchcraft, folklore and things like that are something I've always been interested in. And I was never really interested in babies until I had babies. However, that was six years ago now that I had the first one over six years ago, almost seven, um, so I've kind of melded the two things. And as soon as I had a baby, I was like, well, this is actually really interesting. Like, you know, how how pregnancy happens. And I mean, we all know that. But, you know, <laughs> how you go through it. And then what happens when you give birth and what happens afterwards. And, you know, there's got to be more to this. And I've been consistently interested in that for about seven years. So these are the two things that I've just been interested in the most. And I thought, oh, I'm going to look for a, a book or something about it. About you know witchcraft and pregnancy, people have been having babies literally as long as there have been people, and from before. So there must be something. Is there a book?
0: And was there not that book? I can,
1: not that I can find. There's a really good one called The Midwife and the Witch, which is by a chap I can't remember the name of, but that's a quite an old one It's out of print now. Um, that's the closest thing I've found, and that is relatively thorough, but it's not got everything in it that I would have wanted so now I'm just on this kind of mission of feeling like I've got to read every book from cover to cover because occasionally you'll just flip past something and there'll be like two sentences and you go oh there it is but that's it for that book and you just think all right okay I'll move on to the next one and then you know, it's just <laughs> so did you
0: make a kind of conscious decision when you fell pregnant with your first child to kind of take a very traditional approach to pregnancy and birth, or did that develop later on?
1: Well, it depends on what you mean by traditional, because our traditions now are, of course, very different to what they were. And at the time, I suppose you could say I was modernly traditional, mm. in that I went to the midwife appointment, and you produ- you, you performed the ritual of having your blood pressure taken mm and you ceremonially hand over the pot of urine, you know what, <laughs> you know what I mean, for them to yes. dip the stick in, yes. and um, so I was that traditional, which was fine for me at the time, um, and it wasn't until after I'd had her, and you know, we'd done all of the having the baby thing, and then about a year after I just thought, God, what a waste, of, you know, what? How, how silly, that was just, that was nothing, that was not as important as it should have been, mm. and so I started kind of looking into natural birth and, you know, home birth and stuff like that, and then that's when I had my second, and when I had my third, I was like, no, there's definitely, there's definitely something else, there is a level that we don't take it to anymore. Um. So I went on a course, actually, when my first was about a year old, so six five and a half years ago, um, to become a doula and antenatal teacher. They did an awful lot about the holistic side of it. So the mind and body connection, Mm. which is what we've lost a bit now. Mm. So now I would say I am more interested in the traditional point of view as the older traditions. And we've kind of moved on from this idea where you know hundreds of years ago people would have said more than hundreds of years ago your mind and your body were intrinsically connected like what affects one affects the other that is the absolute truth there is no difference between science religion magic you know it is all the same thing that was you know there was this kind of uh what's it called yeah holistic i suppose it would be the word. But you were one thing and it was all related. And then some very clever people came along and said, no, your soul and your body are separate. They're two things. And I really think that's done a lot of damage, especially in childbirth, because Mm. now you're getting to the point where we've kind of gone down that road of your body and your mind being separate. And we're now having to, because the science is showing us the opposite, especially when it comes to having babies, it's showing us the complete opposite. And so now we're having to knit those two things back together again, which is proving to be quite difficult. And I feel like we can do that by revisiting what people used to do. Yes. Um, And, you know, some of it, if you're going to hold this bit of paper in your left hand and scratch your head with your right and do whatever, it's probably not going to make that much difference to how quick your baby's going to come out, you know. (laughs) There are some great gender prediction things which just cannot work. (laughs) But... You know, it's that trying to find those things that people used to do, that actually, they just used to do them. And then we went, well, that's nonsense, that won't make any difference. Whereas actually, you know, maybe technically not. But if you're in the mind frame of this making a difference, then you're trying to get those two things back together so that you can go... Does that make sense? It does, because
0: these things go full circle, don't they? If you think about... um We'll come back to charms a little bit later mm. on because I know that's something that you work with. But uh, if you think about charms, for example, and you look at the old remedies and old recipes with charms, and they, 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 they're they using earthworms and they're using mm. snails and things like that. Yeah. And then you look at modern treatments, skin treatments, things for deafness, ear infections, and they're using snail gel and yes. like that Because these components medicinally within that substance do work yeah. scientifically as well as... Exactly. holistically or yes. traditionally or anything else yeah so these things do go full circle so mm. thinking about the whole the pregnancy side <clears throat> first um up, up to the birth are the things that we still do ritually or without even necessarily thinking about it that still hark back to these older things
1: i think there are people are more kind of in my own little bubble, <laughs> mm-hmm. in the bubble that I exist in, I think the vast majority of people still will go with, I go to my midwives appointments and then I go home. However, there's now obviously hypnobirthing, which is a bit more sort of mindfulness-based, and that's become quite fashionable, which is nice, because it's helping people to, in a mainstream way, in an acceptable way, to get those two things back together again. Um, but in the slightly more hippie circles, you've got people doing I'm not going to say blessing ways, because that's a Navajo thing, and that's their thing, but they will do a mother blessing ceremony, which is like a baby shower, but is for the mother, that's the, she is the predominant focus, and within those things, very often they'll kind of have some nice incense, they'll do some sort of, clear the space, you know, very often people will sit in a circle, and obviously we know circles are very important in, you know, everything, um... And then there was one thing in particular that I thought was really interesting. There's one thing that a lot of people do in your, um, in their ceremony, which they won't necessarily think of as magic or a charm or anything like that. You know, it won't be. But I think it definitely is. <laughs> it definitely is. Because a lot of times there's a really popular thing where they'll get a thread and one person will wrap it around their wrist and pass the thread on. Um, And you've all got it wrapped around your wrist. Mm. Then you cut it. And you might say something that you are wishing for the person when they have their baby. So you'll just say that as you're wrapping it around. Pass it on. You cut the thread and you tie it on. Um, The pregnant person does that as well. And then you don't take it off until you hear they've had the baby safely. Or people might have a candle each. And they'll be given it. And you can like decorate the candle at Mm. the thing. And then there'll be one person charged with saying, right, the mum is going to get in touch with you to tell you that she's gone into labour. When she tells you that, it's your job to phone around everybody else mm-hmm. and everybody else lights this candle. Now, people are sort of thinking now, oh, yeah, that's nice. Well, that's magic, in my opinion. Like, yes. that, yeah. you know, that yeah. that's exactly what... Um, there's a really nice... I don't know, you said we'll get into charms later. But this that one in particular reminded no, me really of a... Um, French one. I'm just flicking through so that I get it in the right place. Um so it was a French charm and it was some nuns used to do it. And they would definitely say that this wasn't a charm. Uh however they used to where's it gone? Where's it gone? Oh yes, so there we go. Uh the Ursuline Nuns of Quintin, I think. So when when she, a pupil of that particular school would marry and enter an interesting situation, which is what we're going to call pregnancy, apparently. This is why it's so hard to find anything. They won't say pregnancy. It's an interesting situation. Um, the nuns will send her a white silk ribbon painted in blue with the words Notre Dame de Deliverance Protégé-Vous written on it. And before sending it off to the ex-pupil, they touch it... To the reliquary of the parish church, which, which contains, and in the book it says a fragment of the Virgin's zone. I don't know what zone means. I think that might be a typo. Anyway. But they touch it to the reliquary, and the idea being that it's touch that, so it's passing the power on to you. She would tie it round her waist then until mm. she until she had the baby, mm. as a kind of, you know, it's touch this place, and yeah. all these people are wishing me well, and this is the symbol of that, which I find that really similar to that mm. tying the thread thing or lighting the candle. Yeah. Thing. yeah. It's yeah. that... Re- remembering that everybody who was with you then and who, you know, is supporting you is there, sort yeah. of thing.
0: Is it possible that that's referring to the Virgin's... Womb or birth canal? Possibly, Possibly if by zone they mean yeah, it's just a parts um, of the female body that are possibly. We could call it the zone, couldn't we? They can't.
1: If they can't say say pregnancy, (laughs) they they certainly can't say no. Definitely, maybe maybe that would be an interesting reliquary. I'd like to go and see that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And those threads are important Mm. uh, and interesting too, because I'm thinking about uh, the importance of thread in folk magic yes. and in cultures around the world. For example, well, I think Romanian folk beliefs connected with pregnancy say that you shouldn't spin or do any kind of is work a really work yeah. while a woman is in labour because that means that the baby will be tangled in the umbilical cord when yeah. it's born.
1: And there's a lot of things about knots being untied. Yes. Um, yeah, so in... You had... I was listening to a Slavic witchcraft one the other day. Yes. Um, and I think this is quite similar in lots of places, like you say, doing this kind of knotting mm. activity was a lot of the time actually through pregnancy as well, not just in labour. Um, would be a, a no no. So in Slavic, I think they yeah. don't, they wouldn't um, spin, but
2: yeah. you can weave. Yes, weaving yes.
1: is fine like yes, that's, because that's connected to yeah, life anyway exactly and you're it? weaving yeah. the thing which is yeah. something that I'm going to be yeah. doing in anti classes soon which will Ooh. be fun and similarly so, yeah.
0: as well I think Bulgarian and other, and other folklore they, the thread is important then as well as part of the wedding ceremony mm. um, because yeah. it's also a fertility symbol so yeah. and all of the embroidery to, that people do yes. that means yeah. a certain thing and then
1: yeah. you know, you'll know get dressed up in all of this yeah. wonderful stuff but yeah you shouldn't shouldn't spin don't tie any knots. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Um, and the thread's always red as well. Yes. Most yes, yes. ordinarily. Or red and, all red
0: and yeah. white, yeah. So, yeah. Mm. yeah, there are lots of underlying connections, aren't there? Yeah, there, in there are lots of similarities well. yeah, and things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so move on from the pregnancy to the birth process itself. Yeah. What folklore do we find associated there? Never
1: well, ever. it's it's a really... It's really interesting isn't it because um what you would i was talking to Tracy earlier and what you would think of as folklore now as a magical practice wasn't at the time that is you know it was obstetrics <laughs> this was science you yeah. know this is what you do to make that baby come out safely yeah. and happily and everybody's good um so it's kind of it's difficult to say sometimes what would be folklore and what isn't really but we kind of look at it mm-hmm. now as a bit of a the the main thing that um is talked about in the book that i talked to said about earlier the midwife uh, midwife and the witch is the eagle stone have you heard of no go on. okay so an eagle stone is um it's quite rare i think although you can find them on beaches and they apparently used to be found in eagles nests it's a stone which has a hollow center and if you shake the stone, you can hear something rattling inside. So whether it's sand, it is a geological thing. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, there's some... I can't remember exactly how they form now. There's some water around a thing, and then the rock mm-hmm. forms around the outside, okay. the water evaporates, and then you've got a loose substance in right. the middle. Yeah. So you can shake it, and you can hear something going mm-hmm. around in the middle. And, um, yeah, it's called an eagle stone, um, and it was used during labour and during pregnancy. Now, apparently wherever you put it on your body it's it seems to have a kind of magnetic attraction Mm. so while you're pregnant you should wear it high up you can wear it around your neck or you know up Mm. or just keep it up because you're trying to keep the baby in you don't want the baby to come down like (laughs) you want the baby up (laughs) so you would wear it up and then when you go into labor um there's so many letters and things where people just mention this like oh yeah um The baby wasn't coming fast enough. And then we realised she still had the eagle stone around her neck. So we obviously moved it down and then the baby came out, you know. So you would tie it around your thigh, close down, or just move it down. Draw the baby out. But you absolutely have to then move it back up once the baby's out again. Okay. Because there are also some letters which say that, well, which talk about people having died because, because the eagle stone was still down they'd forgotten about it so the baby came out everyone went oh isn't this wonderful completely forgot about that hemorrhage you know no. every, and everything so they yeah. kind of blamed that and then or there's some where they say oh and so we moved <laughs> it up again and then it was all okay it stopped and so do that's you know what a the really origin
0: for this is where this it's a really
1: it was a bit it's kind of um let me have a look i've there's so much of it i mean this is just uh i think I think the main thing that i found nobody seemed to really say exactly where it came from but the main thing was that because the stone had something in the middle of it it was Mm. like a pregnant stone right um it's also made out of um something which is it hematite hematite normally Mm. i think it's got a certain makeup to it i was like well that's kind of magnetic it's like a metallic sort of stone so i you know it's got that magnetic sort of property to it um, but where it really came from is not mentioned. It's like
0: most of You know, yeah, it there? is. It's it's a, but people origins. were so,
1: so convinced yeah. about this um, that if somebody had one, that you would never have it at home because people always wanted it. <laughs> like, oh, oh, such and such has borrowed it. Oh, yeah, you can lend it on to such and such. You know, what I mean, yeah. it's just this thing that was just like, yeah, okay, yeah, I've got one of these things and I'm just going to keep giving it out to other people, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's... a. That's a really huge one and as you say about knots as well like go round and untie all the knots in the in the Museum of Witchcraft's album you know the songs? Yes. Yeah. Have you heard that one? Yes. The, the King Willie. Have you heard?
0: Uh, a while ago. Yeah. I
1: think. So that one's really interesting about and because the story of this one is that um, King Willy has a wife and his mother does not like this wife and so she can't have children she just you know every time it just goes wrong that's every time and the story takes place the song takes place when his wife is in labor and the baby will not come out and she's in labor for days and days and days and king willie keeps going to his and saying come on can I, she, they know that she's done something that's the song that's part of mm. it so they know that she's been up to something He goes, please come on. Can you just let her so that she do something so that she can have this baby? And she goes, no way. She's going to die, and you'll have to marry someone else. (laughs) You know. Mm -hmm. So they trick her. He. This is typical, isn't it? His wife has to tell him what to do, (laughs) even (laughs) though she's. (laughs) (laughs) So she says, go to the market, get some wax, make it look like a baby, give it two eyes. Take it to my, take it to your mum, pretend it's the baby and say, Oh, do you want to come to the christening? And uh, she'll be so surprised that she'll say, Well, who, you know, she'll tell you what happened and then you come back and do that and it'll be fine. So he does that. And the, his mother says, Well, who undid all the knots in her hair that I put there? Who took out the, you know, comb? Who killed yeah. this? Who did that? And she, yeah. who unlaced her shoe? Yeah. So he goes, Right. Okay. So he goes back combs out all the knots of hair unlaces the shoe you know and all of that business so there's a lot in that about untying knots and uh, yeah
0: so you've got to wonder haven't you how the evil stepmothers and things in all of these stories <laughs> got to the position of power that they have when they're always tricked so easily in uh, the end
1: yeah you'd think wouldn't that's you right.
0: and oh, like it's oh, a bit of wax it's a bit alive, of wax that it?
1: you must be how does this come about <laughs> i know it's a good job though isn't it, so it is. <laughs>
2: Willie, he's sailed over the raging foam He's wooed a wife and he's brought her home He's wooed her for her long golden hair His mother roared out a mighty care And a weary spell she's laid on her She'd be with child for long And many's the year but a child would she never bear And in her bower she lies in pain King Willie at her bed Eddie stand As down his cheeks salt and tears do run Back to his mother he do run And he's gone there as a begging son My true love has this fine noble steed The like of which you ne'er did see And on every part of this horse's mane There's hanging fifty silver bells and ten There's hanging fifty bells and ten This goodly gift shall be your own If back to me own true love You'll turn again that she might bear her baby the child she'll never lie to be, nor from sickness will she ever be free, but she will die and she will turn to clay and you will wed with another maid. Sighing says this weary man is back to his own true love. He's gone again. I wish my life was at an end. Back to his mother he do run And he's gone there as a begging son My true love has this fine golden girdle Set with jewels all about the middle And on every part of this girdle's hem Well there's hanging fifty silver bells and ten There's hanging fifty bells and ten This goodly gift shall be your own If back to me own true love you'll turn again that she might bear her baby boy Child, she'll never lie to be. Nor from sickness will she ever be free But she will die and she will turn to clay And you will wed with another maid Sighing says this weary man Is back to his own true love He's gone again I wish my life was at an end She might bear her baby boy Says you must go get you down to the marketplace And you must buy you a loaf of wax And you must shape it as a babe that is to nurse And you must make two eyes of glass Ask your mother to a christening day And you must stand just as close as you can be That you might hear what she do say He's gone down to the marketplace, and he has bought him a loaf of wax. And he has shaped it as a babe that is the nurse, and he has made two eyes of glass. He asked his mother to a christening day, and he has stood just as close as he could be, that he might hear what she did say. How she scorned and how she swore She spied the babe where no babe could be before She spied the babe when none could be before Says who was it who undid the nine witch knots Braided in amongst this lady's locks And who was it who took out the combs of care Hidden in amongst this lady's hair who was it, slew the master kid, that ran and slept all beneath this lady's bed, that ran and slept all beneath her bed? And who was it, unlaced her left shoe? And who was it, who has let her lie to be, that she might bear? And it was Willie who undid the nine witch-knots braided in amongst this lady's locks. And it was Willie who took out the combs of care, hidden in amongst this lady's hair. And it was Willie the master kid did slay. And it was Willie who unlaced her left foot shoe, and he has let her lie to be. She has borne her baby son, and pray to the blessings that be them upon, pray to the blessings them upon.
0: Lots of, there's lots of what we now call old wives' tales yeah. associated with pregnancy and birth. You know, Getting into labour is a strong one, isn't it? You know, sit in the bath, eat a curry, yeah. do all of these things. How much are we finding within those that's coming from older practices? And how much is just people who've randomly gone, oh, you know, I had a chicken biryani and then I had a baby. And then people pick <laughs> up on it and go, right, we should have a curry.
1: So there's, there is a link between your digestive system and and labour so you're obviously not a female so you might not have experienced periods <laughs> some not of your listeners time. might have um, but there, people who have will realise that there is a link and um, so the curry thing if you and also with castor oil which you really shouldn't do and please don't anybody take this as an induction tip because it isn't so if you feel like you need to have this baby you can induce labour with castor oil and and a very hot curry will do kind of the same thing um it's not always going to work obviously um it's probably going to work if you're ready to have a baby anyway Mm. but there is a link because what your digestive system does it's all in the same sort of place if your digestive system is having problems and is working very hard and kind of you know contracting back and forth it can affect your uterus which will start to kind of do the same thing um castor oil works very well for that but it is quite dangerous because the baby's often not ready to come out so Mm. just just don't (laughs) okay (laughs) um so with a curry as well curry is kind of like a castor oil light it won't work if you don't if you're not ready to go anyway but but these these
0: principles are based on you go back to the 17th century healers and midwives and and wise women who are, who are doing midwifery they're working in sort of similar ways but with different materials
1: you know what, I think a lot of a lot of midwifery at the time, uh, well, way back, would have actually been more about just letting people get on with it. You know, there's a bit more... I think, obviously, we can do a lot of things now which you couldn't do at the time. There are a lot of people whose lives have been saved by modern technology, so I'm not saying that we should just completely <laughs> ignore all of that. Um, but, for instance... Now we can very accurately date a pregnancy at the time. Well, would anybody have worried about inducing labour? Because you didn't really know when you were pregnant. I mean, you could take a guess, but that could be weeks apart. So you probably didn't have that level of like interference. A midwife would sit back and come and listen to the baby, maybe. Maybe have a little bit of a feel, tell you where the baby was. Um, but generally they were quite sort of hands-off, I suppose, really. There was no... Unless something went demonstrably wrong and you could say, this is now wrong and we have to do something, Mm. I don't think there was this urge that people seem to have now of, well, we have to leap in and we have to save the situation Mm. when there's not really a situation to save. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, But it was also a very sort of um, communal affair as well, I Mm. suppose. So you would have the midwife who was a very trusted person but you'd have lots of other people as well come around and that was a bit suspect for accusations of witchcraft as well (laughs) so yeah
0: do you do you find that modern before we move on to the the kind of um the more natural side Mm. and, and the work that you do with that just thinking finally with with the kind of modern examples of, of tradition and ritual that are associated with pregnancy and birth, like you mentioned baby showers, uh, yes. for example, which was a very American mm. uh, undertaking at one time and has now become more common elsewhere as well. Do you find that that happens quite a lot, that these practices that used to be geographically quite distinct are now spreading more in the same way that other <clears throat> bits of folklore do?
1: Um, in terms of the baby shower and how it's come over,
0: yeah, and everything yeah. else like you know, yeah, and I think people feel a yeah.
1: real lack as well of things like that. Mm. So it has come from America, the the whole baby shower thing. But have, but we,
0: have we now started to adapt it as a different? I thing expect. Over I here? expect
1: probably. You know, mm-hmm. I've never actually been to a baby shower. I've been to the mother blessings or the yes. you know. Yeah ceremonies like that but I've never been to a baby shower but then that's I suppose that's the people I kind of Mm. choose to be friends with and stuff will be interested in different things but you know I think I think people wanted they probably just they wanted something which we didn't have anymore Mm. we didn't have this thing where everyone would get together and however much I feel that the baby shower is a bit of a commercial thing and oh we've got to buy presents and we have to give you presents and there's lots of balloons and stuff like that so however much of a consumerist nightmare that may be (laughs) um, it's still people coming together and doing something nice for the mum and her baby you know so I think people you know I don't blame I don't blame people for having brought it over and gone oh actually that's a good idea because before that well what was there you know You know, yeah. so, so yeah. I suppose it all travels around, doesn't it? And then and it someone have a good idea.
0: And it? it happens with everything that uh, you know. If there's a ritual to be had, if there's a tradition to take place, then you can consumerize it. And yes, that's just part of modern life. There is, and yeah, And you choose is. to buy into those things, or you don't. Yeah, depending on what yeah. you do. So looking at what you do with this Mm. which is a different way of looking at this sort of acquired knowledge and things talk a little bit about the workshops that you're starting to put together based on this.
1: I'm doing a kind of a charms and childbirth workshop so I personally feel like we mentioned the weaving earlier Mm. and um, how that is still allowed while you're pregnant (laughs) you're allowed to do that, that's fine Um, now I find mindfulness and meditation quite difficult to just sit and do that. And I know that I'm not the only person. So what has, I I firmly believe that what's put me into labor twice now has been doing craft. That both times I've gone into labor naturally, I've been in my house and I've done some crochet all day. And then Mm -hmm. I've gone, Oh, I'm having a baby. And I honestly feel like it's that relaxed, completely relaxed. And just like one after the other, one after Mm -hmm. the other, keep, doing this, you know, and you're just repetitive and your mind wanders and you just completely relax and then, you know, things happen. It's not going to start a labour if you're only like 20 weeks Mm -hmm. (laughs) pregnant, but when you get to the end. So what I thought was, you know what, we can really try and use that because I know there are some people who can't just sit and relax, you know, because you just think, I just want to do something. If you've got something to do with your hands, then you can sort of enter another state. So, I started thinking about that, and then I was like, oh, well, there must be things you can make. So, it came out of that sort of thing well, what can we do where we can sit around, talk about things, and people don't have to look each other in the eye and tell their feelings, because that mm. can be quite sort of daunting. Yeah. You can look at what you're doing, you know, and I, I kind of started looking at a few charms and stuff. You've got the Rowan crosses and, um, and the, you know, the girdles. Mm-hmm. that you would write things on and put around. Um, what else have you got? Boar's teeth. I was going to make those out of clay. You've got the kind of breast-shaped pots and yeah. things like that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, we can do lots of clay work. We can do lots of things with, with thread. Um, and then I thought, well, actually, lots of people might be interested in this. <laughs> you know, So I opened it up so that it doesn't have to be just pregnant people at all. Anybody yeah. can come and do yeah. this. So the idea of it is that we will just talk through... A few of the charms that people have made mm-hmm. previously. Um, a few of the kind of talismans. We're not making them to be actual functional things because that obviously takes a lot more effort. Yeah. <laughs> but we're making replicas. Is yeah. I, how I would and just kind of talking about how we um, how we view pregnancy back along and how we view it now, which mm-hmm. are two very very different things. So, so yeah, just thought that might be fun. Really,
0: and, <laughs> and have um, you found that people have have kind of gone oh yeah when you start talking about this or have you found that people have their own little customs and things that they've done which feed into this as well? I
1: find I find yeah people that I've spoken to often go yeah that's really interesting you know and I think there is a lot of we've taken this idea of meditation and mindfulness from a kind of from quite a different culture really it's all very seems to be very based on on buddhism and you sit mm. and you meditate and that's what you do but i think especially here and especially for for women in particular there's a lot more there's a lot more folklore around i think you're doing something about fiber crafts and yes yeah, so I've, yeah. you know, I've just
0: written a chapter on it for yes minutes, yeah. so there's a
1: lot more about using things that you're making anyway and imbuing them with your wishes your hopes your you know what you want to come to pass you're doing something useful you're keeping your hands busy and you can enter that kind of altered state almost yeah Yeah. so you get what i think you get what i mean by that um so yeah lots of people have said yeah you know what i find meditation really hard i find just lying there and visualizing this like i just don't like it and i feel fidgety whereas i want to give them something that they can physically do and it I really does have an impact, I think, as well, because you relax, and then your baby relaxes, and then you can all sort of just exist as one. And have you yes. started
0: to get any kind of feedback back from people who said, you know, oh, I did this, and then I've had my baby since then?
1: <laughs> um, no, not yet. Not yet. It's very new. <laughs> right. It's very new at the moment. Um, so I've done, I've done a little bit with people, but not. Not a huge amount, so we'll see. But I've had lots of people saying, like, I can't wait to get pregnant again because I'm (laughs) going to do this with you. So, yeah, that's quite nice. Um, Yeah, but it is very new. I'm very much at the beginning of this sort of journey, I suppose.
0: So where are you Um, going to take it next? Well, um, if this is an area of work that you've said... Is underrepresented as far I feel as research like it is, yeah. and writing goes.
1: It's all in there. It's all in those books, but it's not in one place. Yeah. So So are you going to know. gather it together? Maybe I will. Maybe I will. It's one of those things where you go, yes, I'm going to write a book. <laughs> you yeah. think, oh gosh, I'm not grown up enough to do that. <laughs> I'm not a grown up yet. I can't write a book. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping that when I find enough mm. and I'll start putting it all together, because there's so much from preconception to conception finding out the gender of the baby and the strange things she would do with that and um, then having the baby and afterwards protecting it from being a changeling and all of this business so there's just there's just yeah. so much and I often think like oh, I'm never ever going to know all of it so I we, might as well we just will. start no I know never... <laughs> <None laughs> just of I was like will.
0: yeah but and that's fine
1: um, I might I might try and put it all together in a in a thing
0: that's interesting and... that the post birth side the Yes, you know, in, in days when fairy belief was more prevalent than mm. it is now, um, some people argue less enlightened times, that's perhaps not the right way of looking at it, but when, when beliefs and traditions were slightly different, mm. um, lots of people did these things to protect the child yeah. from being taken by the fairy, some of which were more dangerous than the child being taken by the fairies in the first place. Yes, or putting yeah. things hang, in their, their mouths. And, so, yeah. the
1: <laughs> and I, think I never salt thought
0: that was a hugely good pouring idea. Pouring
1: salt into a baby's mouth. Yes, there like are that. all sorts yes. of fairies. Strange... And you just think, whoa, oh, please yeah. don't do that. But what do we do now
0: in terms of protection? Protection, now? Yeah. Oh, Have you come across
1: guidelines. Not Guidelines. No, you know what, I haven't. I hmm. think it's... There was a lot... What I've been discovering recently about protecting babies and stuff it, it hasn't been so much from fairies or supernatural forces in particular it's been from people there's such a there's such, and this is probably the same with accusations of witchcraft in particular all the way through there's so much jealousy and envy mm. which drives it um which you can understand really because you know now when we're when we've got such a kind of cultural narrative of overpopulation kids are a pain. You know, this is how our society views children as a complete pain and they're a waste of resources and this is awful. Um, Go back five or six hundred, seven hundred years and really a necessity. Like, if you do not have children, A, you've failed as a married couple. Particularly, you failed as a wife. You know, um, you've just, you've just generally failed as a woman. If you don't don't have kids or if all of your children die, you know, people will feel sorry for you but, that's that's bad, you know? And consequently, then there's a lot of ways that you could be seen as jealous of people who have got children. Um, because children were important. If you don't have kids, then you are going to get old and there is nobody to look after you. You, you know, you can't continue to contribute in that way. Well, look, I've had children. So, so there's so much... Yeah, it's more protecting from other people. Yeah. Ill-wishing. Yeah. Rather than, you know mystical beings sort of thing. Yeah, um, and fairies it's... do get jealous, though. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, there's there's a little bit about that, mm-hmm. but mostly it's protecting from other people. Yeah, and yeah. Is,
0: it, is it still, do you think, the case that, you know, we had three, four hundred years ago there was a lot of prejudice mm. against people for various things. Yes, you know, the woman failed if they didn't have children, for example, that sort of thing. But do we f- find that there are still now prejudices in the same way but different i'm thinking for example about things like you're a big proponent of of home educating Mm, children for example you home educate and there seems to be a lot of prejudice and stigma attached to that there's a
1: lot of mistrust yeah and i think that's where a lot of things stem from now so while previously it was i think however much there might have been jealousy of people people were generally trusted to get on with their own business mm. and do things i suppose it's easier when everybody does things much the same way so outlying people were stigmatized as you know i'm telling you this as if you don't know but <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean so obviously there's always been that well you're breaking the status quo but mm. i genuinely think that people were generally trusted to discipline the kids how they wanted you know yeah. everybody would you know, whereas now there is very much suspicion I think, and if you don't know what's going on behind that closed door, then it must be something odd, you know. And yeah. so there's a lot more, yeah. Just mistrust of people who want to do mm. things. So I suppose that's always been the way.
0: Yes. So but is it is it just that we we now have a modern manifestation of the same things we had yeah. back then, and but just in we
1: pretend ways. that we're very open and look mm. how liberal we are now, but actually, actually. People still would rather everyone just did everything the same way. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. People aren't... I don't know. I don't feeling, find that people aren't so trusting of other parents and their motives now. But
0: So to finish yeah. up, then, in that case, um, what would be your advice to people who are interested in this sort of thing? Because you said, you know, there's not a lot of information out there. Where there is, it's quite dotted around. Mm. If there are people who are... Pregnant, getting near the end of a pregnancy, have just had a baby, and think, "Oh, well, do you know what?" Some of this is, is you know, is quite sort of interesting. How should they go about looking into it at the moment?
1: Well, you know, well, ooh, <laughs> you could contact me.
2: Well, that's um, true, and I'll, <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you everything I know. Um, so but
1: yeah, there's lots of, you know, I think if you're interested in the particular practices that people used to do, there is quite a bit online if you know what to search for um although when somebody asked me previously oh have you, before I started looking into all this have you got any um ideas somebody wants to do uh they want to do a little something to stop them miscarrying and I was a bit like oh no you know what I don't and I looked through every book in my house and I was like there's nothing here how is there nothing here so i kind of didn't know what to search for to start with but now i've kind of narrowed it down so there is there is stuff that you can search for online if you you know, but if you want to know the exact things that people used to do, then you're going to have to look at, at old older books. More mm-hmm. modern books I find don't really include it. And I think that's what I was saying earlier. The modern viewpoint is that children are a bit of a pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so people tend not to write it in so much. Um I don't know. But I found a lot more in older books. Um so if you can get hold of any books then obviously do that. It is tricky i'm finding not an awful lot online so if you can get a physical copy of a few books and if you can get a copy of that midwife and the witch book that's a really great one to start with
0: i'll maybe get you to make a few suggestions things that people might like to look at and then yeah make them um it's more the
1: more the sort of not technical yeah technical i suppose the more sort of like non Mm. this is a non-fiction historical perspective on things and then you'll usually find a bit more in the kind of it's like more academic yeah. works rather than the how-to books, if you see what I mean. Yes, Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: Um Yeah, other than that, I think if you're interested, so if that's if you're interested in the actual things that people used mm. to do. If you're interested more in knitting these two worlds back together again, then there are a lot of doulas around who are trying to do that and they might not be doing it in a folklore way or a well, let's go back 600 years and find out what people used to do then. But they're doing a lot more about getting your mind and your body to work together. And so, you know, if that's what you're interested in, have a look for a local doula and uh, they'll help you out for sure.
0: Excellent. That's been really interesting. Thank you, Gemma. It's not an area that I, I think... Um, comes up for discussion very often. So it's it's really good to be able to cover it in a little bit of detail. And I think the best thing to do now is for me to keep nagging you until you write a book. Uh, maybe I will. So Go on there. Yes, that. please
1: do. All right, then. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're very welcome. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thank you. <laughs> My thanks to Gemma for taking some time to talk about this underrepresented area of folklore. To find out more, please visit the Guests page on the Folklore Podcast website where Gemma's biography has links to her online spaces. As we approach the end of Season 4 of the podcast, I'd like to take a moment to once again thank all of you for your continued support. Although there won't be any more interviews or scripted content until the new year, you will be able to continue to listen to new episodes drawn from my archive of recorded lectures. In the meantime, production will begin on Season 5. Watch out too for announcements of more content and projects to come on the web, on the podcast feed, and as exclusive content for our valued Patreon supporters. Remember, without their support, the podcast would not continue. Don't forget, you can sign up at any time on our page at patreon.com slash thefolklorepodcast and access the extra content and rewards for supporting the show. You can also click the Donate button on the podcast website front page to go to our online shop and make a one-off show of support. Thanks for listening. See you next time. The Folklore Podcast is written and presented by me, Mark Norman. To find out more about my research and writing, visit www.facebook.com slash MarkNormanFolklore or on Twitter with the handle... At Mr. Underscore Mark Underscore Norman. Research assistance is provided by Tracy Norman. Visit her website at www.tracynormanswitch.com to follow her historical research and projects. The folklore podcast will always be free to listen to, and tries to avoid annoying advertising or sponsorship messages, but it cannot sustain itself. We are grateful for the support of all of our patrons who, for as little as $1 a month, earn themselves great rewards whilst ensuring our future. For more details, please visit www.patreon.com slash thefolklorepodcast. If you cannot support us in this way, please share the episodes on your social media and leave positive reviews. This really helps the audience for the podcast to grow. Visit www.thefolklorepodcast.com for more episode and guest information, to buy from the web store, or to sign up for free newsletters or get in touch. The Folklore Podcast theme music was written and performed by Gurdybird. Bird.
2: Thanks for listening.